Welcome to Continued Conversations, where we explore hot topics in rehabilitation, the keys to personal growth, and how to apply it all to the real world. Welcome back to Continued Conversations. I'm Brad Dexter. I've got Claire Thielen and Steve Kirschke in studio today. And guys, we're going we're gonna to talk about learning from different mediums. But we've been trying to start a podcast with uh, a question around just, you know, do what makes sense, right? And the reason that we're doing that uh, is because at QLI and at Continue Teller Rehab, we like to do what makes sense, right? Um, we have teams of people that really work together and we're looking at who's this individual, what's motivating to them, what's purposeful to them, what gets them out of bed in the morning. And uh, in, instead of just kind of putting people into a box, how do we, again, do what makes sense? So that being said, would you guys prefer to learn from a, a medium like TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or a book or more traditional classroom style type of learning? Man, I, I feel like this one is so much more challenging than any of our listeners who maybe have listened to a previous one around like, do you wash below your knees in the shower? Like this one is way harder for me. Um, I'll kick us off. I think my preference ends up being probably two things. Uh, I, I'm a bit more of a traditionalist and end up finding myself in books. I prefer hardcover books over digital books, although um, a lot of times I'll sample a digital book through uh, an app called Scribed. Um, what I like about Scribed is that there's a, a, a subscription-based uh, uh, and, and it's a subscription-based app that I can kind of sample. And if I like it, then I'll go buy the book. So it's my way of maybe keeping some costs down and then consuming as much as I can pretty quickly and then making some decisions from there. But at the end of the day, I'd probably prefer a hard book. Um, but I also don't think there's any substitute from learning from other people. And I, I uh, often find myself just asking questions of, of people who I believe are a bit more wise than me around a certain topic, uh, be it they've had more experience or they have particular training whatever the case may be, I, I uh, enjoy that because then I think I can ask a little bit more about, you know, what went well, what didn't, what didn't well, and how could you point me in the right direction on a certain topic? So I'll call, I'll go with traditional. Traditional. Okay. Claire? Um, I'm probably the opposite. I guess what, it depends on what I'm learning and it probably also depends on how much time I have to learn this thing. If I'm pretty in a, in a bind and I need to do something more urgently. I'm a big TikTok learner, so I found myself going to the search bar and just typing in exactly what I'm looking for and watching videos on it. Um, I do that a lot with like recipes. So if I'm like baking or cooking something, I recently have had a mouse problem in my house. So I've actually gone there to learn how to set up mouse traps. So let me get this straight. You go to TikTok rather than Google. Yeah. So like my, if I had a mouse problem, I for sure would just be like Google mouse problem. What do I do? And you're right. like right to TikTok. Right. And I, I think it's weird to say it out loud, but it's, it's a much more specific search. I don't have to go through like, you know, all these different um, websites that come up to get to what I'm looking for. Like the videos just pop right up. So it's like, to me, it's one less step. And then watching someone and watching how to do it, because some of those mousetraps are not easy to set up. So, and the directions are horrible. So I was able to quickly watch somebody. So Again, kind of depends. How long it, was the but... video? Oh gosh, I don't think TikToks can be longer than like three minutes. So I, I think it was like sixty seconds. So that's an interesting thing, Brad. I will let you weigh in too. But I, I think I find myself 
um, I just framed uh, a jersey for my son. Uh, he told me three days before his birthday that he wanted a framed. Uh, he owns the jersey, but he got it signed by DeMar DeRozan. So mm-hmm. he had to have it framed, right? But he tells me three days before his birthday. And I'm like, well, the turnaround on that, if I was actually going to pay for it, is really low. So I went to YouTube. Um, but but I also find myself just wanting to read directions, like do this, do this, do this, because I can go at my own pace. So the video versus even writing. Um, what would you say? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I, I certainly... I enjoy reading. I like a hard copy of a book. Um, but I have a harder time like synthesizing the information that I read and then like spitting it back out. Right. And so what I've realized is I'm probably just more of a, like a visual type of learner. And so videos are good for watching someone do something, watching a video. Um, so in person watching someone do something or doing that online digitally, like, it just tends to work better for me. And I, I remember the information, like visually I can remember what's going on, what, what happened. And so I just, I tend to take that information in better mm-hmm. that way. Um, so I'm, and I'm more of a YouTube person than Instagram or TikTok. I don't even have TikTok on my phone. I do. My mom really wishes I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my uh, I'll give my niece a shout out. She is um, in uh, like uh, sixth, seventh grade level, and she doesn't have TikTok on her phone. And it's also a point of contention for the other reason is that she wants it so bad, but doesn't have it yet. Yeah, she doesn't need it. You know, Brad, <laughs> you, you, I don't know if this is what you're saying, but one of the things that we found here at QLI is the question around how does someone learn best, right? Mm-hmm. And we've had to work really hard uh, around the idea that, well, some people are more visually inclined or like to read or or look at videos. But at the end of the day, like you have to understand that, but there's a lot more com- components that go into learning. Um, so I think that would be a good, good topic for us to just make sure that we're clear about um, and using different mediums and using different ways to present information might connect uh, with um, certain people differently. But at the end of the day, there's 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 a couple things that I think people need in order to take in that information. Uh, one of the things we talk a lot about is to to do that, you have to be able to remember what it is that you see. And you have to be able to process that information to a level that allows you to problem solve and reason through that information and then turn around and apply it. Yep. So uh, what we find, especially with our individuals with uh, head injuries, is that that is often impaired. And when that's impaired, uh, their ability to take in information, however it's presented to them, is impacted because they don't have those abilities. They also don't have uh, sometimes the attention to stick with it to a point that uh, it would it would need to be retained. And so uh, that'd be interesting. You know, how would you respond to that? Well, so, I mean, you're, you're talking about just like general learning concepts, mm-hmm. right? Which, I mean, that's something near and dear to our hearts. We, we've talked about this on the podcast previously in different ways too, but um, uh, we've really made a strong attempt within our company to educate people on some of those components of learning, right? And it starts out with what's motivating to a person um, what kind of interferences are in place that would prevent them from learning? What kind of support do they need, like you were talking about? Um, and then how do you start to tweak the 
intensity, make sure that it's specific to the task that they're learning and then tweak the, the repetition as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like those are some of the ingredients that we, we talk about a lot of the time. Um, I like, I think it's a comp more of a complex process than what we sometimes give it credit for or what we like when you're around it for a long time. Um, you know, it maybe seems a little easier than, than what it is when you're teaching someone new, whether that's a new staff member or, or you're maybe teaching, um, a client resident patient. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we talk about those mantras quite a bit, but, um, I was in a, in another meeting, um, just prior to this. And, and we were talking about one of the things, first things we have to understand goes back to what are their abilities around being able to retain information and analyze information. And if that ability is impaired for whatever reason, whether it's um, some sort of injury or whether there are lots of other interferences, there's adjustments that we have to make around how we use the mantras. So Claire, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, you, um, have been with QLI and continue much uh, for a, a lesser period of time than Brad, but you know, you've—I've been impressed with your ability to just ad adapt and adopt this idea of learning. So, you know, what? How has your perspective changed? Um, you know, since day one, starting with us. It's a good question. I—I I think I've learned a lot about about learning, about the learning mantras. I think I, you know, learning here is kind of a buzzword. And I think I heard it a lot when I started, but I never knew, I didn't think abstractly about learning. Mm. I didn't think about, it's maybe an awareness thing or a consciousness thing of like, I didn't, I didn't realize how intertwined learning is in my life outside of the formal setting that we talk about learning, which is typically school. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much it impacts everything that I do, my behaviors, my routines, um, my habits, what have you. So I think it's changed, I guess I should say it's changed the way I view just like my day-to-day -day life mm. in a positive way. Um, maybe sometimes I shouldn't say a negative way, but a constructive way because I have this this greater awareness mm -hmm. um, and then the strategies as well. So it's kind of like, I think when you know about learning and when you're educated on how we learn um, and how best we learn, I think it's like this mental checklist that we take with us everywhere we go. And we maybe aren't even super aware that we're doing it. Yeah. So well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, you know, I kind of, for myself, at least I brought up that like visual aspect of learning. And um, so like as a, I don't want to divide this into two categories, but like as a, as a clinician, I've always like tried to figure out, you know, by either asking people or understanding their injury, how they might learn best. Right. So you have some people that they might be visual learners. They might need to feel it in some way, shape or form. Maybe they need to read something about it or, or hear something about it. Right. And so like that, that stuff has been, it's been helpful to me to ask that of, people that I'm serving, but it's also been good for me, like personal life wise to not just understand that about myself. I mean, we've, we've talked about like Enneagrams recently among our team, right? Understanding yourself a little bit better, understanding how you, you maybe work and um, maybe how you learn from that perspective. But then like my kids understanding how they might learn best so I can help facilitate that for them or coworkers like Claire and I are probably going to learn a little bit differently, but if I frame something you know, in a different manner, because I know how Claire is going to learn it. Like that's going to be helpful to her too. Um, 
just fleeting thought there. Well, I think really what we're talking about is preferences, right? Sure. So I, I think again, I, I'm I'm harping on this. How do people learn? Because you had to break this habit within the organization. Is it really comes down to I prefer to take in information this way, and then my ability to learn is impacted by you know, cognitive factors and the amount of repetition and the mantras that go and support that. Right. So I think it's really clear to make that, that connection. And even I was going to ask a follow-up or bring up a follow-up topic around, we deliver a lot of content within QLI. Mm -hmm. And when we deliver it in one medium versus multiple mediums, I think we have some considerations with that. Right. So if you just deliver blogs, for example, some people love to go and gather information and read blogs. And sometimes those people only read blogs. And so if we just deliver information because uh, to people who um, are reading blogs, we're missing other individuals who prefer to take in information in a different way. Um, so I think it's a really uh, good topic, but I think you have to be really clear about what it means. And so I'm even back to how you um, create some of our, 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 um, our topics and and our content. I'm curious how that has shaped um, your understanding of learning and and just knowing that we have to be on different platforms. Um, I think that's been an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, I think you know with content and with putting out information and giving people these um, different mediums to learn on. I think we just really have to get inside of our audience and we have to think about. I don't want to say like create a fair. Um, what do they call that? Playing, 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 playing field, playing field, create a fair playing field, but kind of it would, it, we would, it would be a disservice to everyone if we only posted Instagrams and TikToks about, you know, certain topics. I think we have to remember there's a large portion of people that maybe that's overstimulating. Maybe they, maybe they don't have the ability to hear, you know, we just, there's so many things that we're exposed to now and so many different, um, I think we're all a lot more aware and conscious of like, how do we be the best customer and how do we deliver information in the best way? And I think we know that that does create a lot of variety Um, and it makes the job a little bit bigger, but like that is our job. It's to deliver that information in whatever way people need it. So when you're talking about like target audience, right? Understanding your target audience a little bit more, how does that start to drive um, content that we make or the mediums that we use when we put that content out? Sure. So I'm going to use my mom and dad as an example because my mom hates TikTok because she thinks it's, well, it probably is taking a bunch of information from us and giving it to people that shouldn't have it. Um, but my dad has one. And so my mom hates that he has one, but he, he's always been kind of a visual learner and a do it yourself guy. And like, anytime he wants to fix the car or do something, he does it himself and he goes to YouTube. And now my 70 year old father is an avid TikTok user and we'll go to TikTok and he'll show me he'll the best. My favorite thing is he emails me TikTok, (laughs) 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 which is like going across multiple mediums, but wait, 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 does that, does that fit into our email etiquette um, conversation we had a couple weeks ago? (laughs) Yeah, it does. And that's not the right etiquette. You should just text me that or just share it to me on the app. Uh I have one too. So for our listeners, if you have TikTok and somebody else has TikTok, it's a really great feature within the app is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to leave the app. Yeah, don't make it hard on yourself. (laughs) 
but no, my dad, that's just, you know, that's him. That's what he does. He's a, he likes to learn with his hands and do it himself. And I don't think he, he has the ability to comprehend when you read something, but he is just, he wants to do it in real time. So he is a learner that way. 70 years old. My mom around the same age, um, does not learn that way. She is the person who's going to pick that book up and she's going to, someone gives her a binder of information on diet, let's say. She's going to read that whole thing. She's going to refer to it all the time. So I just think, you know, that's an example of just, you know, a different generation from myself that maybe for my dad, I would have said, you know, for that generation, let's give them things to read because that's what they're used to. But that's not always the case. And I think that we evolve and as like our lives become more digital, a lot of people do kind of evolve with that and they, that might be their preference. So I have to think about those types of things when building content and figuring out which platforms to put it on and whether it's written or visual or what have you. How did he get into TikTok? Um, good question. <laughs> I, I would have to imagine it was one of us, one of my sisters. Um, I think Instagram and TikTok kind of are both really big right now with the reels like you can kind of just mindlessly scroll and maybe he started there but or maybe it's his girlfriends like they all send mm -hmm. each other funny videos so memes yeah yeah do you think he's secretly a tiktok star oh that would be i i really don't think he is but that would be <laughs> that would be very funny you know one of the things that i i think we've tried to work really hard at and this goes back to my comment around how do you appeal to people's preferences around learning and then really it's around attention, right? Because there's so much, especially on the TikTok, Instagram, Facebook type of situation, you're scrolling and you could just scroll and, you know, um, basically be faced with thousands of different images or videos or text or whatever. So I think we've really tried to think about how do we get someone's attention really quickly? And what we end up using is multiple mediums, right? You have a video with text overlay. So maybe you have someone mm -hmm. who's not listening to the sound, but they can still see what's going on because we give them text to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the, one of the things I love is that we are trying to put uh, ourselves in the shoes of the listeners or the audience and say, how do we make it as easy as possible for them to take in information and then ultimately do with it what they want? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the same thing around QLI, when we think about our families who come in and we think about the residents that we serve and we think about our team members and how we orient them and, you know, help them understand learning. I think we have to start thinking about what is the medium that we're going to give it to them, mm -hmm. right? Whether it be TikTok or something like a platform or video or text and find lots of ways to pack in different approaches so that they can take it in how they like um, and then apply those mantras and the, the aspects of learning. Um, and, and I think we've gotten better at that, but I would think we have some growth uh, and something that I think as teachers, we should always be thinking about. Yeah. The, the mediums that we're using to create content. One of the things that I've really enjoyed about doing the podcast isn't, isn't just like content creation, but it's the fact that we kind of get to sit around and have a conversation. And sometimes those conversations are a little more shooting from the hip and sometimes they're a little bit more structured, but regardless, like I tend to walk away from the conversation, learning something that I didn't realize before, or it makes me think about something new. Right. And it, or have more clarity. I feel like that's, what's been the hugest benefit for me is I get to say, silly things or things that aren't all that well thought out or things that I think I believe. And then I hear it out loud and, or see you guys react like, well, that yeah. doesn't make any sense, but I end up with more clarity. Yeah. Um, so I, that has been 
really exciting for me. And, and you often you go into the conversation just not not knowing either what you need to know, need to learn, and you, you walk away knowing something different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think that's an interesting something I've been thinking about. I guess throughout this conversation is you guys have been around this topic of learning a little bit longer than me. And you guys have talked about it in a little bit more of a formal way and through the mantras and everything like that. We talk about, you know, the ability to learn. And I think this kind of maybe checklist that you've referred to before, but I think if you know someone has the ability to learn, um, how do we know or what types of things do we do to find out if they're ready, like emotional, maybe it's an emotional thing, but like, I think you might have the ability to learn, but that doesn't mean you're automatically going Mm -hmm. to. So like, what's the step before that? Yeah. First of all, just to reiterate, I believe everyone has the ability to learn. And that's a concept that we talk a lot about. And if you don't, I think it impacts your ability as a teacher. Um, And so it starts there for me. Um, But I I think um, I was, I, I was telling you all, um, a little bit earlier, you know, I, I take in information through podcasts. That's one thing that we haven't really talked about oddly mm-hmm. <laughs> as we're doing one. Um, but I was listening to a podcast this morning around um, uh, Ryan Tedder, who's the lead singer for One Republic. And he was telling a story about his uh, teacher when he was 14. And he was scared to death to sing and to act and really put himself out there. And when he finally did, his teacher in a very timely fashion at the at the right time, um, gave him some support for success or some feedback that said, wow, Ryan, you're an amazing singer. This should be something that you commit to because I think it could be really great. So some of it comes around the feedback and the timing of that. And then also, how do you connect that to the motivation that someone may or may not have in order to start to take on you know, more information or take the steps towards you know, seeking it out? And I think sometimes there's a little bit of a, you know, attention with that in, mm-hmm. in terms of that person might not be aware that they need to learn, uh, or they might not have just been, um, had a, an experience that gives them that level of motivation, or they might just have clarity around why it's important to them. Um, so I, I go back to motivate with meaning, but then there's this like timeliness and amount of support and, and, uh, kind of nebulous, uh, approach to that. So, yeah, now this, I mean, this is a nice conversation to have. We're talking about learning all of the time. Um, you know, our last podcast, we, uh, we kind of use that phrase of finding meaning in the mundane. And, and you know what, like anytime you're listening to a podcast or you're having a conversation, you're reading a book, you're like, it's not purposeful. Those are like maybe mundane things that you do on a daily basis, but they're shaping you. They're teaching you something. You're learning something from it. And so, um, Steve, you brought up a point earlier of like, Hey, there's a way that we take in this information, right? But then what do you do with it after mm-hmm. that, right? And that's where some of those learning mantras come into play. I'm excited. We have, uh, we'll have a guest on QLI's campus in the coming week, Tim Feeney. Um, Tim is a behavioral psychologist, but he really hits on like, how do you, how do you help people learn at a really basic level? And, and Steve and I are going to have an opportunity to sit down and uh, have a conversation with him on a podcast. So we appreciate everyone uh, that's joined the conversation today. And I want you to look forward to that conversation that we're going to have with uh, Tim on our next podcast. And I hope you tune in again. Thanks for joining the conversation. Thanks for joining the conversation with us today. If you found it helpful, please share with your family and friends. You can learn more about us on our website at continuetelerehab.com or check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook.